Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Alternate Oscars. It's been too long. Um, I am once again, as always, your host, Gabe Warren, and every episode, I, along with a special guest, will be celebrating and awarding our favorite films of each year, starting in 1928 and going onwards. We will discuss our brief thoughts on each film we nominate and comment on the actual Oscar year and some fun details on the ceremony. A few rules we always follow. We will be strictly following the reminder list of eligible releases. Those can be found on the website and theoscarsgoes2.com. The amount of categories will also change and evolve over time to reflect the Academy's evolution over time. Joining me today is a writer and podcaster for Next Best Picture and the co-host of Halloweeners Podcast. Welcome, Cody Derricks. Hello, I'm happy to be here to talk about 1957, a year I was actually not alive for, contrary to popular belief, but I'll do my best to discuss it with uh, some degree of expertise. I think this is a sort of a new journey for, a sort of a, a new entry for both of us, um, I suppose, but I'm excited to get into this here. But first off, um, just how has your day been today? How has everything been on your oh, side? Oh, things too? are great. I actually just finished watching, um, oh my God, I, what is it called? Oh, Johnny Belinda, which I've never seen before. Um, Jane Wyman's Oscar win, watching along with Kevin Jacobson's uh, podcast on Best Actress Winners. So that was a new watch for me today. Otherwise, yeah, we're living life, we're doing fine, we're, we're thriving here in 2022. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what thriving looks like. Um, I that's a different discussion for a different time, but yeah, I guess we could say we're thriving. <laughs> we're um, doing our very best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kudos to everyone who is like holding out and like fighting the good fight. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um. So. As we already discussed, we're going to be talking about the films of 1957. And um, the question I always start out with for my guests is, what were your favorite films from 1957 that were not eligible for this award ceremony? This applies to any film released in 1957, but was not on the minor list of eligible releases for this year. So this is where things get tricky because the foreign film lineup for this year, I had a lot of trouble kind of parsing out what was actually up for awards that year, what was not, what was nominated for the ceremony versus what could only be nominated in best foreign film. So I have a few uh, contenders in this category that I I suppose are not eligible for other awards, um, but I might be uh, defying the Academy as I like to do in my daily life and nominating them anyway. But I will give a shout out to um, Smiles of a Summer Night, the Ingmar Bergman film, which is uh, an excellent little uh, shockingly light <laughs> piece for, you know, Ingmar Bergman. Uh, and he would later, it would later be made into A Little Night Music, which is a fantastic musical, one of my favorites. Um, I also really liked Knights of Cabiria, which is a Fellini film, which again would also, I'm telling on myself here, it would also inspire another musical called Sweet Charity. But I think the, uh, the lead actress performance from uh, Giletta Mussini is really spectacular. And the thing with Fellini is I'm, I'm not a huge, sorry, fan of Fellini uh, for the most part, but what happens with his movies is the first two acts are usually kind of off kilter on purpose, obviously, but that kind of 
sometimes throws me off a little bit in terms of uh, how I like to enjoy my movies. But then the ending is always good. Like his endings are spectacular across the board and Knights of Kiberia is no different. Yeah, those are all um, incredibly um, noteworthy for like their places in their uh, in like their director's filmography and such. Um, like I would consider Knights of Kiberia like sort of sort of a landmark for Fellini in terms of his like the progression of his career. Um, that's all, and it's just a great film. I would also um. Uh, I would, ah, I would love to mention. I would just like to mention, um, Ingmar Bergman, um, the two films he released in nineteen fifty-seven, The Seventh Seal and Wild Strawberries. Um, both are excellent and incredibly different. Um, I won't go too deep into them, but one of them is a incredibly affecting road trip and the other is just chilling with an incredible performance from Max von Sydow and yeah um there are also some that I haven't seen yet but I'm going to get to eventually um Douglas Sirk had a movie released in 1957 um called the Tarnished Angels which was eligible for the next year um which again, I will see. Um, I'm sure there are others, but they're just not coming to my mind right now. Um, yeah, the, the eligibility back then was weird. I didn't even catch the two Bergmans you mentioned because I thought they weren't part of this year's eligibility. And then I saw too late that they were. And that's just the way it goes when you're watching movies. There's sometimes too many other in the world. Yeah. Um, so. I guess now would be a good time as any to jump into our nominees. So um, what we do is uh, we start with the last category, special effects, and then with the first best picture. And um, we take turns announcing our nominees with the guests going first. So Cody, would you like to take it away with special effects sure so i'm going to try my best to do these in alphabetical order even though i don't have them written in that order so this is going to be me trying to remember the alphabet in real time which is sometimes a challenge so here we go so best special effects this is you know tricky because special effects were obviously way different than they are today back in the 1950s but i did my best to uh, gather some things that impressed me uh, visually and effects wise etc cetera, etc cetera. so my nominees are the bridge on the river kwai a Farewell to Arms, Heaven Knows, Mr. Allison, Paths of Glory, and The Tin Star. Nice. Those are all good choices. And I wouldn't necessarily say they're like, even though there's not like a notable like effect you can point to, there is like Exploding the bridge at the end right. of the fly, and the matte paintings in something like Heaven Knows Mr. Allison. It's all subtle things that help bring the story to life in real time. Yeah, four of these are war movies, so there you go. 
but you know war movies um have a lot of practical work um and it would be i i think it would be a mistake not to notice that and appreciate that yeah things go boom so my nominees are the curse of frankenstein the enemy below the incredible shrinking man the spirit of saint louis and 20 million miles to earth well i didn't see any of those movies so i'll take your word for it (laughs) um two of the um one of them is as one of them is like a submarine war movie and the other is um i'd say a lesser billy walter film about aviation so and the two i'm the enemy in below and the spirit of saint louis were the two real nominees from 1957 um it was strange but next we have best film editing all right, so I have a name you're probably going to be hearing a lot, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Funny Face, Lay Girls, Paths of Glory, and 12 Angry Men. Nice. Yeah, two musicals. <laughs> two musicals, two war movies, and then a movie that takes place in one room. So uh, my nominees, this was tough because there were a lot of good choices, but I... Ended up with The Bridge on the River Kwai, A Face in the Crowd, Paths of Glory, Rafifi, and Witness for the Prosecution. Oh, so you got the other courthouse movie in there. Nice. Um, like I like I had like runner-ups like um Funny Face and 12 Angry Men, but it was tough putting this together because there were so many good choices. Yeah, there's different ending styles here. There's the obvious ending with Bridge on the River Kwai, and then there's kind of more stylized stuff with Funny Face, and then 12 Anger Men is definitely much more subtle in his presentation, but the like the editing expertise in that definitely comes from the lack of showy editing. Yeah. Um, so next we have best makeup and hairstyling. And right. I had fun with this one. Yeah, I did my best to kind of designate different types of makeup and hairstyling because I'm not, I don't like when the Academy just goes, hey, you put on a big nose and a double chin. Here's your Oscar. So I did my <laughs> best to kind of look for something different. Um, that being said, my nominees are The Bridge on the River Kwai, Funny Face, Paths of Glory, Sayonara, and 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men is a weird one because it doesn't feel like an obvious makeup nominee, but I'm counting uh, Sweat as a nomination, as, a, as makeup, even if it maybe is technically not, but it was so impressive I had to give it a shout out. Fair enough. So um, my nominees are The Curse of Frankenstein, Elena and Her Men, Less Girls, Man of a Thousand Faces, and The Prince and the Showgirl. Yeah, Man of a Thousand Faces. I didn't catch that one, but on paper, I imagine the makeup is really important to the movie. Yeah. Being a, like a Lon Chaney biopic is obviously going to cover all the films in which he transformed through makeup. And then um, with The Curse of Frankenstein, um, it's um, very much a hammer horror film from this era where you can tell it was made for very cheap. And it looks kind of tacky, but 
it's Frankenstein and the makeup effects for Frankenstein's monster still look pretty impressive. And then Elena Elena and Men is um a genre war movie starring Borgman and I mostly singled it out for uh, <clears throat> its subtle yet impressive hair work. And then Less Girls is um a George Q4 MGM musical from this year with Gene Kelly and Again, the hairstyling um, does heavy lifting here. And then the Prince and the Showgirl. Um, it's another Laurence Olivier-directed movie. Uh, well, yeah, Laurence Olivier-directed movie. Stars Marilyn Monroe. And again, the hair and makeup was subtle but effective. I'll just say that. So next we have the cinematography categories, which I'm excited for. Firstly, we have Best Color Cinematography. Yes, so we have uh, this little movie that I'm getting really tired of saying its name over and over again, but I have to, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Funny Face, Les Girls, um, a movie called Perry, P-E-R-R-I, that little squirrel, and Rain Tree County, which is otherwise horrible, but it is very pretty. Um... I, uh, Rain Tree County, oh my god, um, I was actually in the process of falling asleep near the end of, near like, the, in the last 45 minutes of Rain Tree County. Yeah, That's I think how, I, I did the dishes, folded the laundry, did my taxes, walked a dog, I don't even have a dog, I cleaned my walls, <laughs> I scrubbed the light bulbs, I changed the batteries in every remote I had twice, all while watching Rain Tree County. Uh, very bad um obviously i didn't nominate rain tree county i nominated the bridge on the river kwai funny face gunfight at the okay corral heaven knows mr allison and lay girls and a lot of a lot of war this year yeah a lot of big booming guns and such and western shootouts Mm-hmm. So next we have best black and white cinematography. So this category actually liked, I preferred the black and white cinematography to the color this year. Uh, that being said, my nominees are uh, not Bridge on the River Kwai because that's in color. So we can skip her. <laughs> A Face in the Crowd. Uh, again, alphabetical. How does the outfit work? Okay, Paths of Glory. I already messed up. <laughs> Knights of Kiberia, which comes before past the glory and may not be eligible but it's my own awards and do whatever i want sweet smell of success and 12 angry men oh just one second i've heard um i forgot to mention who the nominees for colors and photography were so quickly uh for the bridge on the white jack hilliard for funny face ray june for gunfight at the okay corral charles lang for heaven knows mr allison oswald morris and really girls robert Surtees. I did not write down the, <laughs> the people who shot the movies. So I apologize to those five dead guys who I didn't nominate. No worries. That's just amazing. I, I, I assume I was. Um, so for my nominees, I, uh, for Black and White Cinematography, my nominees are A Face in the Crowd, Harry Stradling, and Gain Rescher. For Paths of Glory, George Krauss. For Sweet Smell of Success, James Wong Howe. 
for 310 to Yuma, Charles Lawton Jr., and for 12 Angry Men, Boris Kaufman. Is Charles Lawton Jr. the, the child of Witness for the Prosecution, Charles Lawton? No. That's crazy. That shouldn't be allowed. He should change his name. <laughs> uh, Lawton is spelled differently. Mm, in his... I, don't, I, I don't like it. <laughs> Something suspicious on there. Maybe we should call in the feds or something. Or the FBI. Yeah. Who knows? We'll show them. <laughs> but um, next we have Best Art Direction. Okay, so you're all thinking it. You're all saying it. I know you're, I know you're waiting for me to say it. The Bridge on the River Kwai. Funny Face. Les Girls. Which is the most fun thing, the most fun title of the year to say. Pal Joey and Sayonara. Nice. Um, so for my nominees, I have an affair to remember. Art Direction by Jack Martin Smith and Lyle R. Wheeler and Saturation by Paul S. Fox and Walter M. Scott. For Funny Face, Art Direction by Hal Pereira and George W. Davis, Saturation by Sam Comer and Ray Moyer. For Lay Girls, William. Art Direction by William A. Horning and Gene Allen. Set Decoration by Edwin B. Willis and Richard Pepper. Uh, um, for Sayonara, Art Direction by Ted Hayworth and Robert Priestley. No, Art Direction by Ted Worth. Art Direction by Ted Hayworth and Set Decoration by Robert Priestley. And Witness for the Prosecution. Art Direction by Alejandre Troner and Set Decoration by Howard Bristol. <sighs> that was a mouthful. Yeah, Ted Hayworth's going to haunt you now. Look out, look out for Ted. <laughs> uh, um, but I guess you could say Sayonara is, um, I'll at least point to that is, even though it's a bad movie, um, a really dull movie with one of Marlon Brando's worst performances, great set design, beautiful set design. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta, you know, even if I wanted to say Sayonara to the movie itself, I did like saying... <laughs> Hello, uh, our direction. I don't know where the, <laughs> that's the worst thing I've ever said in my life. Anyway, <laughs> um, so next we have best costume design. Yes, so a lot of a lot of to your point, great gowns, beautiful gowns. So first up, um, I have designing woman, which I have to. I have to say here, because I'm not nominating it in original screenplay, it is one of the worst best original screenplay winners I've ever seen. So we're just getting that out of the way. Anyway, but she has, she looks great. Designing woman, (laughs) good outfits. (laughs) Uh, Funny girl, or nope, funny face. Funny girl is about 10 years after this movie. Funny face is 1957. Just her face, not the whole girl. Uh, Lay girls. Sayonara and uh, Rain Tree County. They got those hoop skirts. You gotta, you gotta give it up to the hoop skirts. Uh, so my nominees are an affair to remember, Charles Lemaire, Funny Face, designed by Edith Head and Hubert D. Givenchy, Lee Girls, designed by Ori Kelly, Pal Joey, designed by Jean Louis. And Sayonara, designed by Norma Koch. A lot of musicals. Yeah. Which I will never, ever complain about. So next, we have Best Sound Recording. 
Yes. Okay. We have the bridge on the river Kwai. Of course, there she is. Don't ever forget about the bridge on the river Kwai. A funny I like face. The I they didn't forget. I didn't forget. We gotta. You gotta give it up to that bridge and that river. Funny face. Uh, Paths of glory. The tin star and twelve angry men. I just wanted to clarify my comment. I um. I, I just had to mention that for some somehow the bridge on the river Kwai was not nominated for sound recording. Yeah, at the academy doesn't make sense. Make it make sense. Yeah. Well, they watched the movie with earmuffs on. It was really cold in the theater, so it's not <laughs> it's not their fault. That's just the way it was. <laughs> um. So my nominees are the bridge on the river Kwai, John Cox, Edge of the City, Wesley C. Miller. Gunfight at the OK Corral, George Dutton, Paths of Glory, um, Gordon E. Sire, and Witness for the Prosecution, again, Gordon E. Sire. I love the title of Gunfight at the OK Corral because it feels like it's a read on itself. Like, it's OK. <laughs> it's the OK Corral. <laughs> <laughs> which could not be said for the actual event, which I um, wish, from my understanding, Ended in a bloody, um, in a bloody mess. Mm. Not so okay then. Got it. Cool. I did not see that movie, so <laughs> I'm taking your word for it. Yeah. Um. Most most people will remember it for. I assume most people, um, most of our. Ah, what am I saying? I I assume most people nowadays will know it for. Its reference within Revenge of the Fallen, that cinematic masterpiece, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Oh my god, okay, literally, actually, the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. So <laughs> I was not thinking we'd be bringing it up on an episode about 1957. So I am, <laughs> I am bothered <laughs> by that. It's the most random reference in that movie, or I, I, I'm not to get too, not to get too off track, but John Turturro just. John Turturro's character just brings it up. Raymond Rodriguez's character. Um, yeah, that will be what? <laughs> so next we have best best original song. Yeah, um, a weird category as always. I don't think I. I think I only nominated one movie that actually got nominated at the Oscars, which is usually the case for this category, even today. So. I have from An Affair to Remember, An Affair to Remember. I have from A Face in the Crowd, Mama Guitar. I have, I am so mad at how many times I'm nominating this movie, but from Rain Tree County, I have the titular song, Rain Tree County. From Wild is the Wind, I have Wild is the Wind. And from Will Success, Boil Rock Hunter, I have You Got It Made. Nice. So, um... From um, from the Joker's Wild, I nominated All the Way, music by Jimmy Van Dusen and lyrics by Sammy Kahn. From An Affair to Remember, the title track, music by Harry Warren, lyrics by Leo McCary and Harold Adamson. From Jailhouse Rock, the title track, music and lyrics by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. From Funny Face, Think Pink, um... Music by Roger Edens and lyrics by Leonard Gersh. And from Wild is a Wind, the title track, 
music by Dimitri Tiomkin, and lyrics by Ned Washington. I do feel kind of goofy that I didn't put any funny face on here, but that's the way it goes. And it's sometimes hard to tell <laughs> with that movie what is original, what's not. So I just didn't didn't get her in there. Who knows? Some things are hard to explain. Life just throws a situation that yeah. Um, but we have our next musical category: original score. Yes, this actually was a good category this year. I was pretty impressed by the lineup. Um, that being said, I have an affair to remember. I have, uh, you know, the most famous whistling of all time, The Bridge on the River Kwai. I have A Face in the Crowd. I have, here she is again, Miss Raintree County. I think that's my fourth or fifth nomination for that horrible movie. But you know what? Sometimes that's the way it goes. And I have Sweet Smell of Success. Nice. All really good scores um and even when we have to suffer through a horrible movie like Braintree County we can still acknowledge like the good elements of um even the worst movies yeah I'm just a sucker for a banjo I feel like there were some of those in that yeah. even Reven- even even our even our sworn enemy Revenge of the Fallen has good sound mixing and the Academy recognized that sure and is. it has a and it has a great Lincoln Park song New Divide Hmm. can't say I remember that one so I, I'm just going to ah. trust you on that <laughs> um, so my nominees are An Affair to Remember, Hugo Friedhofer The Bridge on the River Kwai Malcolm Arnold Old Yeller, Oliver Wallace Eight Place, Franz Waxman and Sweet Smell of Success Elmer Bernstein nice good tunes so uh, next we've got best cartoon short film. So not gonna lie, I didn't watch any short films, but I, <laughs> I do have two animated short films that I already had on my list from this year. So I'm gonna shout them out. One of which is uh, What's Opera Doc, the famous Bugs Bunny uh, opera-y kind of spoof, one of the more famous Bugs Bunny cartoons, one of the real classics. And then the other is, I don't know if calling it a film is being generous or not, but it definitely is iconic. It's the Let's All Go to the Lobby little ditty that played before uh, movies in the 50s all the way through recently that was apparently made this year. So got to give a shout out to the Dancing Popcorn. Mm-hmm. See what you did there. Um, so... Um, I watched most of my nominees like today. Um, I'm usually bad with these and forget to watch anything. Um, so my nominees are Birds Anonymous, Gonzalez Tamales, One Droopy Night, Tabasco Road, and What's Opera Doc. How many of those are Looney Tunes? Um <sighs> I think four of them. Yeah, that's kind of what you got to do in the piece. <laughs> yeah, like even worse. Like the one Disney film I saw this year. You know, the one Disney short film I saw this year, not great. Whatever. So next we have best international feature film, which I'm super excited about. All right. So as I said, this is full of possibly not uh, eligible films, but we're just going to plow ahead anyway. I have A Man Escaped. I have I, Vitaloni, if that's how you pronounce that. 
Knights of Kiberia, and Smiles of a Summer Night. So, um, my nominees are The Devil Strikes at Midnight in Germany, directed by Robert Seelmack. Mother India from India, directed by Mehboob Khan. Knights of Kiberia from Italy, directed by Federico Fellini. Nine Lies from Norway, directed by Arns Goen. And The Seventh Seal from Sweden, directed by Ingmar Bergman. So you did the smart thing. You just went through the actual Oscar nominees. That's that's probably the wise thing to do to avoid confusion. Yeah. What uh, um I have a like a I um set a ground rule for myself for this category, especially around this time, is that I just pick um international films that are released in 1957. That's just what I do. Um, it doesn't have to be eligible for like the um, ceremony or just released in 1957 and they can be eligible for international feature film. That so. makes sense. Okay. I was mostly going off of movies that were released in America in 1957. So it all becomes kind of pretty confusing at a certain point. Yeah. So you just got to, you know, <laughs> make your own rules, break some rules, be a rebel, do whatever you want. So, um, next we've got Best Adapted Screenplay. Yes, we have, for Best Adapted Screenplay, we have The Bridge on the River Kwai, of course. We have Paths of Glory, Sweet Smell of Success, 12 Angry Men, and Witness for the Prosecution, which was somehow not nominated for the Oscar. Um, yeah, they made um, so my nominees are Bridget River Kwai, Michael Wilson, Carl Foreman, and David Lean, 12 Angry Men, Reginald Rose, Paths of Glory, Stanley Kubrick, Calder Willingham, and Jim Thompson, Sweet Smell of Success, Ernest Lehman, and Clifford Odets, and Witness for the Prosecution, Billy Wilder, and Harry Kurnitz. Um, we have the exact same five. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I included I mean... David Lean in the nominees instead of Pierre Bull because I read that he was a legend cheated out of the nomination and Pierre Bowl didn't actually write any of the script and didn't even speak English so oh, tricky tricky I mean it's pretty impossible to argue with lineup so I, I'm okay with us going five for five because those are all masterpieces especially in the screenplays yeah so um, next we have best original screenplay which is yeah, this was a bit harder <laughs> to yeah. gather up five good screenplays. In fact, so I, I in all the categories, I have kind of a long list where I let myself list as many as I wanted and I winnowed down to the top five. I only have five this one. So this is really the only five original screenplays that are even close to worthy of recognition. But anyway, they are The Bachelor Party, A Face in the Crowd, Knights of Kiberia, Smiles of a Summer Night, and The Tin Star. Nice. So um, my nominees are A Face in the Crowd, Bud Schulberg, Funny Face, Leonard Gersh, Ivan Deloney, Federico Fellini, Ennio Flaiano, and Tullio Pinelli, The Tin Star, Barney Slater, Joel Kane, and Dudley Nichols. Um, and Will Success Royal Rock Hunter, Frank Tashlin. Yeah, even the actual Oscar lineup is pretty lackluster this year. Like I said, Designing Woman, which wins, is, I thought, 
pretty bad. So don't really it, get that one. It's mostly saved for me by Gregory Petamon bobbing hot. Yes, there he's good in that. She Bacall is great in it, but best original screenplay? I don't really think so. Um, so next we have Best Supporting Actress. We're into the acting categories now. Yes, the uh, categories that really matter. Not that the other categories don't matter, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so Best Supporting Actress. My nominees are Harriet Anderson, Smiles of a Summer Nights, Carol, oh, nope, sorry, Alphabetical, uh, Marlena Dietrich, Witness for the Prosecution, Carol Haney in The Pajama Game, Eva Marie Saint in A Hat Full of Rain, who might be lead, but I put her in supporting. And Kay Thompson in Funny Face. Nice. Um, like all those choices. Uh, my nominees are Ruby D in Edge of the City, Kay Thompson in Funny Face, Kay Kendall in Less Girls, Elsa Lanchester in Witness for the Prosecution, and Marlena Dietrich for Witness for, for Marlena Dietrich in Witness for the Prosecution. It's kind of weird that Elsa Lanchester is the one that got the nomination. And she's really good in it, but Marlena's right there. Um, she They campaigned her lead, but... Um, um, well, that was silly of them. Yeah. She could have still gotten into lead. Elizabeth Taylor didn't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Choices were made. So next we have supporting actor. Yes, in this category, I have, let's see, alphabetical. Okay, Lee J. Cobb, 12 Angry Men, Sasu Hayakawa, The Bridge on the River Kwai, Burt Lancaster, 12, uh, sorry, Burt Lancaster, Sweet Smell of Success, E.G. Marshall, 12 Angry Men, and Jack Warden in The Bachelor Party. Nice. Um, my nominees are Sasu Hayakawa in The Bridge on the River Kwai, Ed Wynn in The Great Man, Alberto Sordi and Ivan Deloney, Ed Begley in 12 Angry Men, and Lee J. Cobb in 12 Angry Men. I like that we both only had one actual Oscar nominee in here. <laughs> yeah. One was clearly better than the rest. Uh, yes, very much so. And the fun thing with 12 Angry Men is it's you have 11 men who aren't Henry Fonda to pick from for this category. So you really yeah. have, you know, including you really this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're having a good year. Partying with angry men all over the place. So next we have best leading actress, the important, the big important category each year. Yes, the ladies. All right, let's see. I have for best leading actress, I have Kay Kendall and Lay Girls. Again, category confusion. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, we have Anna Magnani in Wild as the Wind, Giletta Messina in Knights of Cabiria, Patricia Neal in Facing the Crowd, who might also be supporting, but I put her in lead. And Joanne Woodward in The Three Faces of Eve. Nice. Um, I nominated Patricia Neal in The Face of the Crowd, Barbara Stanwyck in 40 Guns, Audrey Hepburn in Funny Face, Deborah Carr in Everyone Knows Mr. Allison, and Joanne Woodward in No Down Payment. Oh, a twist. Not the uh, Oscar-winning Joanne Woodward. She's also good in that. Yeah. She invented um, um, Tony Collette. Yeah. Um, so next we have Best Leading Actor. Um, yes, a category that I usually don't love, but this year is pretty good. I actually had a bit of trouble narrowing it down. 
that being said, my nominees are Tony Curtis in Sweet Mel. Nope, Sweet Smell of Success. Uh, I have Henry Fonda in Twelve Angry Men. Andy Griffith in A Face in the Crowd, Alec Guinness in The Bridge on the River Kwai, and Charles Lawton in Witness for the Prosecution. It's difficult for me to put together more so than other years. Um, so much that Charles Lawton couldn't make it, but my nominees are Alec <gasps> oh, Guinness no. in The Bridge on the River Kwai, Andy Griffith in A Face in the Crowd, Kirk Douglas in Paths of Glory, Tony Curtis in Sweet Smell of Success, and Henry Fonda in 12 Angry Men. Oh, Miss Charles Lawton is going to come for you in the night. <laughs> Robert Mitchum style. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we have Best Director. All right. Yes, Best Director. Let's see. Whole bunch of dudes. Not, not surprisingly, unfortunately. <laughs> but the nominees are Elia Kazan and A Face in the Crowd for Face in the Crowd. He wasn't in the movie. Stanley Kubrick for Paths of Glory. Alexander McKendrick for Sweet Smell of Success. Uh, Doing a little remix of the alphabet here. Sidney LeMay in 12 Angry Men. And Billy Wilder in Witness for the Prosecution. Nice. Good choices. Um, My nominees are David Lean for The Bridge on the River Kwai. Stanley Donan for Funny Face. Stanley Kubrick for Paths of Glory. Joel Stassen for Rafifi. And Sidney LeMay for 12 Angry Men. What was that second to last one? Um, Jules Dassin for Rafifi. Rafifi. Oh, got it. Okay, gotcha. Um, so next is Best Picture, the so-called big one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do five or ten nominees? Like, um, do either five. 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 Okay, just like the Oscars. I get it. All right. My five nominees are A Face in the Crowd, Paths of Glory, a film that I did not really find space for otherwise but i really enjoyed the pajama game 12 angry men and witness for the prosecution i love the pajama game shout out i know i feel i did feel a little wicked doing that because there was a bunch of other musicals that got more nominations from me but the pajama game i just overall liked more i just couldn't find a find room for it so uh, my nominees are the bridge on the river kwai sam spiegel producer a Face in the Crowd, Ilya Kazan, producer. Patch of Glory, James B. Hill, producer. 12 Angry Men, Henry Fonda and Reginald Rose, producers. And Witness for the Prosecution, Arthur Horton Blow Jr., producers. I felt kind of bad not getting Bridge on the River Kwai in there. It kind of felt like a They Shoot Horses situation where I gave it a ton of other nominations and then just couldn't find room for it in this category, but it was a good year. Yeah. So when we get back, we will announce our winners. So... Stay tuned. After these messages, we'll be right back. 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 Yeah. After these messages. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. So now it's time to get to our winners. And as usual, we um, start with the last category, special effects, and then the first best picture. And we take turns in announcing our winners with the guest going first. So 
starting with special effects. Take it away, Cody. Cool. Uh, you got to give it to the big, big, big explosions of Bridge in the River Kwai. There's just really nothing like it. True. Um, my winner is The Incredible Shrinking Man, Everett Brossard, Russell Hoffman, and Clifford Stein. Cute. Um, for I think the title's pretty um explanatory. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So next we have best film editing. Yes, my winner is uh funny face, aforementioned abstract kind of editing that just that that opening funny face, or not funny face, the song is called Think Pink. It's just really unbelievable in the way it kind of layers the visuals and stuff it was just really really impressive and my winner is paths of glory that's a good one Um, too it's got that you know Kubrick sheen to it yeah it's just incredible it's just so well constructed from every angle um Next, we have Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Yes, my winner in Best Makeup and Hairstyling is Paths of Glory, your best editing winner. Lots of nasty war, such and such. Yeah. My winner is The Curse of Frankenstein. That makes sense. Like you said, hammer horror, even if it's kind of silly looking, Frankenstein. So next we have best color cinematography. Mm-hmm. This is another win for me for Funny Face. I really think the the cinematography and editing work together to create a really you know gorgeous looking movie. And that one photo shoot montage is just stunning. I uh, um asked me another day. I might say Funny Face, but oh, I'm just gonna stick with the Academy's actual winner, The Bridge on the River Kwai makes sense it's a gorgeous looking movie all around fun fact they actually merged the art direction costume design and cinematography categories this year and kept it that way for at least art direction costume design the next year even though they split black and white and even though they split the cinematography even though they split the cinematography categories back into black and white color the next year strange Mm, they're still figuring things out yeah um so next we have best black and white cinematography yes this was a very easy one for me this had to go to paths of glory it's got that kubrick look to it he already is so well established in his visual stylings and that would continue for the next 40 years of his career my winner is sweet smell of success photographed by the great james wong how it's a very beautiful movie one long rainy night. Yeah. So next we have best art direction. This is another one that's going to Bridge on the River Kwai. It's right there in the title. I mean, it's got a freaking bridge in it. What more could you want? And um, for my winner, I have Funny Face, art direction by Hal Forera, um, and George W. Davis, set decoration by Sam Cummer and Ray Moyer. It's just everything you want from a musical and the incredible usage of sets in Paris 
color, like reds and pinks. It all looks amazing. Yeah, the budget. Next, we have best costume design. This is also going to Funny Face. I mean, like I said, there's fashion montages. There's songs about dresses. It's just irresistible. And I'll co-sign and also give Funny Face this award. It kind of um, feels like you have to. I do, yeah. It doesn't really feel like another option. I know it didn't even win the Oscar, but that's yeah. okay. And Ori Kelly for, um, is fine. He's the guy who won for Lee Girl, but he's fine. Yeah, he's that's got, my second uh, place winner. It's, it's, it's yeah. a good win, but Funny Face, yeah. just come on. And I think I, I think he's already won before, so he's fine. And Funny Face, yeah, everything you said. So next we have Best Sound Recording. This went to the weird stuff from the Oscars, Bridge on the River Kwai. I really feel like we're just <laughs> trading back and forth between Bridge on the River Kwai and Funny Face and Patsy Laurie so far. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. how can you resist those movies? They look incredible. Yeah. Bridge on the River Kwai is also my winner. It, and it kind of goes beyond explanation. It's just look at it. It's, listen to it. Listen to it. <laughs> so next we have Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my winner for this, um, I'm going with Wild is the Wind from Wild is the Wind, which in the movie itself is is just okay, but there's a Nina Simone cover of it that's incredible and made me like the song even more. So thanks to Miss Simone's efforts, I was inspired to give this the win, even though she had nothing to do with it at this point. So uh, my winner is um, Think Pink from Funny Face. Which That's I feel is like one of the centerpieces of the film. I also consider Jailhouse Rock, which might be the most recognizable song from my list of nominees. You know, with all being one of the an Elvis staple. Um, I do wonder if they're going to integrate it into um into that Baz Luhrmann Elvis biopic. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> if not, you're wasting your time. Yeah. So next we have the um, best original score. Yeah, this one I went with Sweet Smell of Success, which has this really incredibly jazzy score. And it just sounds like what the movie looks like, which is to say a depressing rainy night in a city. That's a good one. Um, but uh, my winner, I had to again, go with The Bridge on the River Kwai by Malcolm Arnold. That makes total sense. It's, it's, I mean, again, you can just whistle the tune. It's 60-something years later. That's iconic. And next we have Best Cartoon Short Film. Well, yeah, you know, it's tough competition when you have two nominees. I'm going to go ahead and just for fun, give it to the Dancing Popcorn Bucket <laughs> with uh, Let's All Go to the Lobby. I think she needs some love. I think she needs some affection. Yeah. Bugs Bunny gets all the love, so we're going to give it to Miss Popcorn Bucket. Um, I just went with What's Up for Doc. Pretty easy. Yeah. What's Up for Doc? Mm-hmm. My best Bugs Bunny voice. Um, so next we have Best International Feature Film. Yes, I went with, uh, for this, I went with Smiles of a Summer Night. Uh, I think it's pretty uh, incredible that Bergman was able to, able to capture something so 
light i keep saying light but there's still like is a duel and there's infidelity so i mean like in any other hand other person's hands it might be one of their you know more adult-minded works but with bergman it's uh pretty pretty fluffy i also real quick i did watch a few documentaries i just want to give a quick shout out to the best documentary category um since i had to <laughs> watch some bad movies for it so um i nominated uh albert schweitzer which is the winner which is horrible movie my god um i nominated perry which is this cute little disney animated movie about a squirrel and then my winner is on the bowery which is a docudrama about uh alcoholics um on the bowery is the only documentary i watched this year i thought it was good yeah that's Um, by far the best one yeah um so um my winner for international feature film is the academy's pick knights of cabiria that makes sense. It's a good one. So um, next we have best adapted screenplay. This was tough. Uh, my top two are both uh, courthouse dramas with really incredible twists and turns. But I did eventually have to go with 12 Angry Men, which is just kind of the perfect screenplay. I, um, I also go with 12 Angry Men. Um, Reginald, um, Reginald Rose, um, but I did consider between that and the bridge on the river why, um, were the screenwriters Michael Wilson, Carl Foreman, um, apparently did change a lot of the, um, change certain aspects of the novel to make it more accessible for the film. Uh, um, language. Maybe I'm reading incorrectly. Um, but ultimately, I went with Twelve Angry Men. I just felt, I just felt like that screenplay is just like the perfect basis, just perfectly constructed. Yeah, you can't get much better than that. So, um, next we have best original screenplay. This was very easy for me. Like I said, I had trouble even getting five nominees together. Uh, the only one of this lineup I would even call anything more than just good is my winner, A Face in the Crowd. And I also go with A Face in the Crowd, but uh, written by Bud Schulberg. Yeah, it's the kind of movie that feels relevant today still. You know, it's about yeah. fame and uh, how it gets tied to politics. I don't want to say much more yeah. than that, but <laughs> it feels pretty timely and uh, eternal, unfortunately. Yeah. It's it's kind of like it, it's it's the kind of when you realize how timely it is, you kind of can't help but like laugh and disgust. Not because you find it funny, because no, it's just ridiculous and disgusting. Mm-hmm. But a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So next we have best supporting actress. Yes, with this I went with the snubbed by the Academy, Marlena Dietrich in Witness for the Prosecution. I think she's just incredible. I think she deserved an Oscar at some point in her career, and if this had been it, I would not have complained at all. And I also co-sign and say Marlena Dietrich in Witness for the Prosecution. Yeah, she just has to play so many different things at once and be believable in all of them, because she's like a character wrapped in a character, and all the revelations stem from her for the most part, so she has to do a lot of heavy lifting, and she does it all spectacularly. Yeah. Damn you, the Academy, for stopping her. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
exactly. <laughs> so, um, next we have best supporting actor. Um, Cody, did you hear me? Oh, sorry. No, you were breaking up a little bit there. Oh, um, let me repeat that. Next, we have Best Supporting Actor. Okay, so, uh, like I said, it's hard to narrow it down, especially with the movie I love so much, having so many possible contenders, but I cob. Um, and I also have to go with Lee J. Cobb for 12 Angry Men. Um, and maybe it's just his role being the easiest to pick from the supporting cast of 12 Angry Men, but he does everything he needs to and more. And he was just an incredible character actor. Yeah, for sure. So next we have Best Leading Actress. Yes, for this category, I went with Patricia Neal in A Face in the Crowd, who gets some really spectacular emotional stuff in that movie. She has a, if I recall correctly, I watched it a little bit ago. She has a really great scream. (laughs) There's a lot of screaming in this movie, (laughs) and she's really good at it, so I had to give it to her. Yeah, I also um, go with Patricia Neal in A Face in the Crowd. Um, We're uh, finding agreement here. Yeah, um, I think that it could be easy to be overshadowed by what Andy Griffith is doing, but Neil anchors the film in a way that it might have been overwhelming or ham-fisted if it was just the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, definitely. She's kind of the soul of the movie. Yeah. So next we have best, oh wait, um, yeah, next we have best leading actor. Okay, I know we're going to disagree here because you didn't even nominate my winner somehow, but my winner is Charles Lawton in Witness for the Prosecution, who is just a, like, hurricane of a man. <laughs> you would both never want to talk to him, but absolutely want to hire him as your lawyer. I think he's pretty spectacular in it. Yeah. Um. As competitive as, as as competitive as this year was, he is indeed spectacular. Um, I have to agree with the Academy and go with Alec Guinness in The Bridge on River Kwai. It's a good win. Can't really argue with it. Um, so next we have Best Director. All right, so best director. I'm going with, you maybe are sensing a theme here, but I'm going with Sidney Lumet for 12 Angry Men, who's one of my favorite directors of all time. And I think he just directs the hell out of this thing. It would be so easy for this to be a kind of a, I don't want to say boring movie, but not very cinematic movie. And he somehow turns this one location with just 12 dudes talking for an hour and a half into thrilling cinema. I did consider Lumet strongly, but, um, and again, I might ask me another day, I might go with him, but I'm just going to stick with David Lean for now, who directs the hell out of Bridge on the River Kwai. 
Yeah, you can't go wrong with lean. And finally, we have best picture. This was easy for me. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've already given it a ton of awards tonight, so it shouldn't be too surprising, but I'm going with 12 Angry Men, which is just an absolute classic. And I have to co-sign 12 Angry Men is also my winner. The recipients are Henry Fonda and Reginald Rhodes. Oh, look at that. Henry got his Oscar. So that's <laughs> nice. 30 actually, years before the Academy did. Yeah, actually second in my books because I rewarded him 17 years earlier for Graves Wrath. Mm-hmm. Yep, Graves Wrath. Makes total sense. So yeah, this was our year. Um, pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good year, even though I only rewarded four films <laughs> just over and over again, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, hold on, let me just check my internet. Um, give me one second. I'm trying to reconnect to another internet. Um, okay. So, yeah, um, as for the actual ceremony, like what actually got rewarded, um, I'd say that they didn't they didn't exactly go wrong um rewarding the bridge on the river Kwai. Um I think where they did go wrong is letting twelve angry men only have three nominations and go empty handed, but you know, they have done um worse things have happened. Um I guess um I don't know, it's just I don't even know where to start um, when talking about, like, the bridge on the River Kwai and how you could, like, get into all of its thematic elements and how David Lean keeps the central conflict anchoring the entire movie, even as we know it's, even as I assume that most people these days know what happens at the end, but I think it's a testament to this film's power that you're able to remain engaged with the back and forth between William Holden and Alec Guinness. And as evil as Sasu Hayakawa's character is, you understand that he's also just a man driven by obligation and honor. Yeah, because you could easily describe Bridge in the River Kwai as they build a bridge and then they blow it up and that's the end of the movie. And that sounds so boring, but it actually is really so much more than that. And like you said, the themes are so well laid out and it just becomes a, a tale of, you know, madness and perfection. So um, I guess we could talk about like the briefly about the two official nominees for sure that aren't as fondly remembered. Peyton Place and Sayonara. Yeah, I don't um, have much to say about them. <laughs> Sayonara um, okay. It's kind of boring. And Peyton yeah. Place is very soap opery. I'm really surprised it became a 
as big of an Oscar thing as it was, but I think it was kind of a pop culture sensation at the time. So I get it in that sense, but they really just don't stack up to the other three nominees at all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of, I mean, I, I, I would understand. I'm, I guess I understand um, if Peyton Place was sort of a phenomenon at the time, but it kind of irks me that this got nine nominations, but they barely gave anything to like Douglas Surf movies. Yeah, and, it does feel like a diet version of that kind of movie. Yeah. It's like, well, why didn't you just give the Oscar to the better version of the same thing? But what do I know? Um, and Mark Robson, the director of this movie, will go on to direct like a diet version of a David Lean epic the following year, the end of the sixth happiness, which is I'm pretty sure it's pretty racist. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it, but it would not surprise me. Yeah. It, uh, you, don't, you don't have to see it. Um, and then there's Zainara, which, you, as you said, she's, is just kind of dull. Um, I went into this with hoping I would be pleasantly surprised, but I just kind of found it to be mediocre. Um, Marlon Brando is kind of just doing a thing, but it doesn't work, and he just comes off as inert. Um, I think Red Buttons is pretty good, but um, I also think it's pretty good. I don't really understand the um supporting actress win for that movie. Not going to begrudge um, her the win because I think it's you know an important win historically, but. The performance doesn't do much for me. I don't know. I don't even. I don't. I wouldn't even say it's her fault. It's just the role. It's just so. It's just the role gives her nothing to do. It's just right. And we're talking about my, uh, Miyoshi Umeki, to be clear. Yeah, Miyoshi Umeki. Um. Yeah. I don't think it's. I don't blame her. I think the role just. It's just. She. It's just. She doesn't do much other than just serve um serve her husband and i i was just disappointed that that's the most you could give um give her when you're trying to send this message about interracial relationships and interracial acceptance in a time where we could have used more of that dealing with racism and prejudice yeah it's a it like is a movie that is you know the message is nice but the execution is not so nice so yeah. it's kind of weird in that sense mm-hmm. um so I guess we can get to our um, questions from the audience now. Um, so this is from Emily Plakowski Malik. Um, in your opinion, what are the best two seconds of 1957? Best two seconds? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Probably either the bridge blowing up or Marlene Dietrich saying, damn you. I'll just go with the, I'll just, Go with Alexander saying, "What have I done?" That too. That's great. It's like the biggest gotcha moment ever. 
Yeah, it's um, like the point of the whole movie right there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah, in, in that sense, it's like so much um the critique of male hubris. Um, this is from Chauncey Talese. Um he has three. Um his first question was Bridge on River Kwai, overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Um his second question, if you could take one of the um Bridge on River Kwai's Oscars away, which would it be? And his third question, if Guinness didn't win Best Actor, does he win for Star Wars 20 years later? So my thing with Bridge on the River Kwai is I do enjoy it. I do think it's a teeny tiny bit overrated. I think it's very good. I don't know if it deserved as many as Oscars as it did, especially knowing other David Lean epics were around the corner that would do just as well at the Oscars. It doesn't really, whatever. But um, if I take away one award for it, um, I probably more than any would take away its uh, best adapted screenplay win, which is a good screenplay, but 12 Angry Men and the not even nominated witness for the prosecution are just kind of perfection. And um, uh, what was the second question? Um, and that was then- it. If I could take away the Oscars. Okay, so I did it. Third question. <laughs> if Alec Guinness loses this, I absolutely think he wins for Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, um, considering that they just gave Jason Robards another win that year, um, they were. It's not like they were. It it doesn't seem like they were. It doesn't seem like the Academy had much imagination then. So I guess, I do think that, um, he could have Guinness could have written an overdue narrative by that point, um, to win for Star Wars, um, and. For uh, his second question, um, I guess I would also um, take away um, the adapted screenplay win, um, just because I do tend to think more of the direction than the screenplay, even though the screenplay is great. Um, but I would go with Angry Men for that case. Um, and then I would say that... <clears throat> Bridge on River Kwai um, is properly rated, even like just in terms of like how it's viewed today. I think people generally great agree it's 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 a great film. Um, just gauging the general consensus, um, by today's standards, um. Even if I prefer another film, I can't get too mad that this one. Um, um, so these questions are from Owen Daly. Um, their first question is, um, why do you believe none of the 12 Angry Men were nominated? Their second question is, uh, uh, why do you think Sisu uh, Hayakawa was the only nominee for this film not to win? And their third question was, um, if forced to, which actor from Peyton Place would you give an Oscar? 
So I think uh, they definitely could have squeezed Henry Fonda into lead actor for 12 Angry Men. But in the supporting category, I wouldn't be surprised if they couldn't figure out who to back, even if Lee J. Cobb feels like the most obvious supporting actor pick in that movie. Um, why Sisu Hayakawa was the only loss for Bridgman River Quiet, I'm not really entirely sure. Um, I wonder if they just wanted to give Red Buttons a win because he was well-liked, possibly. And he's good in the movie. And if they liked Sayonara, they probably wanted to give it a win somewhere. And what was the last question? Um, if um, if you had to give any actor from Peyton Place. Oh, um, I like Arthur Kennedy in that movie. I think he's pretty good. Uh, he's probably my second place of the actual nominees in that movie, but that's probably it. I guess I would... Um, I don't know. Um, none of the performances in Peyton Place for especially no worthy to me, but I guess I'd go with Lana Turner if I had to choose one. Um, and then um, as for Sisu Hayakawa, um, I think it kind of comes down to like maybe they just didn't want to reward like um, the more villainous role in that movie and they instead wanted to go with um, red buttons because he's playing like the heart and soul if you will of Sayonara um, and he plays a very sympathetic um, he has a very sympathetic role in the performance in the movie and then for 12 Angry Men um If I'm not mistaken, maybe I've heard some sources saying Henry Fonda had a reputation for being difficult to work with, so it could be wrong. Maybe that played a part in them deciding not to nominate him. Um, I do question. I I do question why Lee J. Cobb wasn't nominated though, um, especially since they nominated him the following year for. Um, a film that nobody remembers. Um, I, I guess it would be that they couldn't decide between him and the other um, 12 Angry Men. But yeah, it's kind of odd to me. Um, but yeah, those are those were our questions. Um, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this ceremony as a whole? I think it's a good year. year. I think it's a bit of a waste that they gave so many Oscars to Bridge of the River Kwai when they could have given it to other movies that are just as good if not better. But it is an achievement, and it's not one of those sweeps that looks bad in hindsight. It's definitely a classic. Yeah. And it's definitely an upgrade from the previous, from the previous year's Best Picture winner, if nothing else. That is very true. Yes, it is. <laughs> My God. <laughs> um, uh, I guess I just want to, um, in this last couple of minutes, just give a shout out to the honorary Academy Award recipients from this year. Um, so we had Charles Brackett for his outstanding service to the Academy. B.B. Kane for his distinguished uh, service to the Motion Picture Academy. Uh, uh, B.B. Kahan. Um, um, 
Gilbert M. Bronco Billy Anderson for motion, uh, being a motion picture pioneer for his contributions to the development of motion pictures as entertainment. Um, and the Society of Motion Picture and Television Engineers for their contributions to the advancement of the Motion Picture Society. Congrats to all those ghosts. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, thank you, Cody, for agreeing to appear on this podcast. Um, this was a really fun episode. And yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a good year to explore. So um, where can we find you and your work on social media and such? Yep. Uh, so I'm a writer and podcaster for Next Best Picture. So I'm all over that site and podcast. I am on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at CodyMonster91. And I co-host my own horror movie podcast called Halloweeners, a horror movie podcast. Nice. So you can find me on Twitter at Gabe Joker. Um, I also have an Instagram, Gabe Warren, and I'm on Letterboxd at Mr. Hulo. Um, um, be sure to follow the Twitter account for Alternate Oscars at Alternate Oscars. Um, I also have a Patreon account that um, no one goes to, but I also I always post on that, and I'll um, link the post in the description below. Um, uh, just be sure to rate and review this podcast for visibility's sake, and subscribe for your choice of server and until the next episode um sit back and relax cheers and enjoy and thank you for listening to the alternate oscars